0: Win. The Yankees win! Welcome to NY Fly Zone, a first class podcast. It is time to feed the fleet.
1: What is going on, Fleet Nation? Welcome to Episode 15, and I'm Brendan. I'm Jared and today we're going to be talking about our all-star weekend reactions Blake Griffin to the Nets what does that mean for Brooklyn add more depth to their roster golden state released what does this mean for big blue we're gonna go over the Jets draft the Giants draft and some other rumors that are fluctuating around in the NFL
0: yes sir episode 15 Carlos Beltran episode former Met great
1: and yeah, I
0: I have some things to say about uh, Blake Griffin and this move. So, but first we talk about All Star Weekend. Let's get into that. We had uh, Steph Curry winning the three point contest in great fashion, and Fernie Simmons won the black slam dunk contest. And Team LeBron won the All Star game. LeBron James is four and in these draft type All Star game scenarios, and it was just a fun sight to watch LeBron play with Curry. Brandon, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I was watching the skills, and I don't know, my boy Randall kind of got smoked out there. Uh, and I'm kind of disappointed in Luka Doncic, let's be honest. I mean, he, he didn't really even play that well. Um, you know, and then Chris Paul missing a wide-open layup. Like, what was up with Oof.
0: that? Yeah, bro, there is the BR, Bleacher Report, perfect picks. One of the options was, like, if anyone misses a layup or dunk, you got, like, plus 500 XP. But, like, so he got that over for the people who were trying to win that better you know, skills competition. It was just, you know, the whole weekend, all-star weekend was, you know, pretty abrupt in the NBA. Like when the season was, you know, planning, I don't think they were, they are going to even have an all-star weekend because of COVID and all this stuff. And they were like, sure, why not? But then as we saw as Sunday grew closer you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons had to actually drop out the all-star game because they were in close contact with a barber who had COVID.
1: So, I mean, if you take a look at this roster, right? Like Team James, like I'm not surprised that they won this. Like, you got Giannis, you got Curry, you got Doncic, Jokic, Dame, Chris Paul. I mean, I I we all know LeBron, he's superior when it comes to his teams and when it comes to him as a GM taking just art, just creating these teams around him. And then you got team Durant with obviously Kyrie running the rock and uh, B Kawhi, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, James Harden, uh, Devin book Zion. I mean, LeBron just coming off on top as usual. Um, Jared, what else, what else, what other kind of takeaways did you have?
0: Um, well, Giannis risked is uh, his perfect field goal percentage, by taking a three He wound up with MVP honors. He was 16 for 16. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, the best all-star game, but they did what they had to do with the the options they had available to them. You know, I thought it was cool having the dunk contest at halftime, the three-point contest before. Like, it wasn't like a whole, like, you know, we had to wait for the game, like, the next day. So I think moving forward, they might, like, look into that, other than the fact that they could probably get more ticket sales if they have it in separate days. That's the only thing that would probably restrict that. But as an overall viewing experience, it was better this way.
1: Right. All-star weekend, good opportunity to have the NBA players just rest out. You know, good opportunity for them to just rest, and then the season will resume. The second half of the season will resume in no time. Um, One thing that I noticed myself was that I think Obi Toppin got snubbed, honestly, with the dunk (laughs) contest. I mean, maybe a little biased there, but,
0: like, honestly, like, one of these guys like LeBron or Zion going to do the dunk contest, like, it literally, it literally is no, like, there's no cons in doing it other than, like, missing a dunk. It's, like, it's not going to ruin your legacy if you miss a dunk. So, so, like, in baseball, the home run derby is, like, the equivalent of the NBA slam dunk contest. Some of the, you know, the big home run hitters don't like to do it because it ruins their swing, they, they claim. Like, there's been times where, you know, these guys would hit 30 home runs one night and only, like, one for the rest of the season. So there's like you know some evidence with that. But there's no way that doing a slam dunk contest limits your ability to dunk throughout the rest of the season. So I think the NBA needs to enlist some stars somehow to, like, cause imagine a dunk contest with LeBron, Zion, and, like, uh, I don't even know, like, John Wall, these, these people with bounce and who have the athletic ability to put on a show. And, you know, we had Opie Toppin, who was the main star of this like he, this man's like hadn't done much with the Knicks at all. And he's like, you know, the headliner for the slam dunk contest. So it, was, it would know,
1: yeah, I think we all know that a Zion Williamson is going to, he's probably going to win that if he's there. Uh, we've seen his tapes out in Duke. We've seen. Would he beat build. LeBron though? I mean, I mean him or LeBron, but that's the thing. I think we limit LeBron because he has so much of an exposure. Like already he has that platform. Within himself, and that's why the association doesn't want to, you know, put him headlining that, and and it also gives young players that have good athleticism to display themselves, their brand. Um, that that's what I think it's mostly about. I mean, so are the top-
0: I really gonna remember a free Simmons? And there are free and and we I mean, don't say his name, and Simmons. Are we gonna remember him like after this, like? I see what you're coming from, like, trying to create more stars. Like, these guys are just, like, no names other than Obi Toppin who are competing.
1: Yeah, I mean, Obi, I I was impressed to see him coming out there. He obviously got that invitation. Uh, Some of his dunks were quite impressive. But, um, honestly, my takeaway of of All-Star Weekend was uh, Sabonis. Uh, The way that he was playing in the skills uh, competitions, he just smoked everyone. I mean, he got all the passes down uh he was really for the most part he was stroking pretty well he was good from three mm-hmm. um obviously wasn't breaking any layups but no nah, skills is fun because it's just like you know it, it's something everyone... we me and you could do brendan we could
0: have a skills challenge no, if yeah. you want to set it up you know
1: <laughs> do you think i could be julius randall in the skills competition
0: <laughs> no, i mean it's julius Randle shooting over 40 from three and you know if it was julius Randle from two years ago then yeah maybe but yeah but
1: he's slow though i can i can Smoke him when
0: I'm running. Oh, you think so? I mean, yeah. he could be slow compared to other NBA guys, but is he slow
1: compared to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm playing. It's all funny games. But um, anyways, that's going to do it for All-Star recap. Moving on, Jared, as a Giants fan, we got some news. Um, Golden Tate is uh, released. How-, how does that make you feel? Well, we signed this
0: guy to kind of be like our – a replacement for Odell. That's what he basically was. As soon as we traded Odell, that off season, we signed Golden Tate. And he didn't really get, you know, the numbers he did with the Lions for the, for the Giants. I feel like there was reluctance to pass to him. He even, you know, addressed frustration this past season about not getting the ball. But he was always reliable on like those 3rd and 10 conversions. He would always get to the line, make a cut, or curl back in, get the first down for us. But he was never like a huge touchdown target. And the Giants are in need of, you know, more wide receivers. Their number one wideout is Sterling Shepard, who honestly isn't that, you know, number one guy in this league. You know, he's a good number two, maybe a good, he's a great slot receiver. But, you know, they're going to have Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. They're going to need more offensive, someone who could go up and get the ball, basically, because these guys are all like, you know, not, they're not built like a DK Metcalf or Julio Jones. They need someone like that, in, I think, in this, uh, Giants offense. So getting rid of Golden Tate, either, you know, clear some cap space to, like, you know, re-sign Leonard Williams or – and makes room for drafting a wide wideout in the draft.
1: And what was his contract? I believe he had two more years with you guys. I think he was signed till 2023.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was something like that because I – I think I remember, like, a four-year type deal they signed with him. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure Tate was um, frustrated with them a little bit of the course season. Yeah, it was a four year thirty seven and a half million. So it saves about like almost eight million, about $8 eight million, nine million. So like the Giants they could use that money towards something else, like the uh Leonard Williams, like I said, or any other, you know, option out there.
1: Yeah, New York Giants, obviously. I mean, I thought that this was a little bit of a well, it kind of caught me off guard because
0: it did both- too. It did too a little bit. I was like, oh, sh-. I was like, oh shoot, really? Like, hmm, all right. Like, maybe there was some locker room. They just like, you know, because of the locker room stuff, they're like, all right, might as well just release them.
1: Do you know any specifics on on this? Li- I haven't heard it.
0: Uh, so basically, during like the middle of the season, um, he was mad at um not getting you know, enough playing, not enough catches, uh, not enough targets. So Golden Tate back in November 2020 was, um, you know, he was absent from practice after, you know, being mad about the lack of targets. Uh, You know, he's supposed to be the vet of the team, of that wide receiver system. Yet, you know, he was probably mad at Joe Judge. You know, but he came back the next game, did fine. But it was just, you know, he was frustrated and he felt like he wasn't getting treated as that number one wide receiver because he probably is, He's the most experienced and probably most talented wide receiver in the Giants system at that point. I mean you can't say he's more Shepard. Like, would you take Sterling Shepard over Golden Tate? It's hard to it's hard to uh, it's hard to like, you know, make that decision because one, you know, Tate is getting older, but on the other hand, he has that knowledge and the the hands. You could trust his hands
1: basically. Yeah, so the Giants are gonna be taking a cap hit of um, releasing him, you're saving four mil. Um, within the next three seasons, I mean, that's for each season, uh, assuming. So um, no, that, that's a good, that's a good deal for the Giants. I mean, the, more opportunities to start spreading positions around the ball, help out Jones. Um, you know, obviously that money can go towards free agency this year. It could go towards your your uh, draft contracts that are going to be given out, your rookie contracts. Um, but you know what? I mean, obviously this is Gettleman making a move that he. I mean, we might have saw this coming. I mean, you talked about how there was some tension going on in the locker room, and we know how the Giants are as an organization, um, and we know how they've been since Odell Beckham. They're trying to make a clean slate, uh, an organization that has a winning culture and an environment that has no distractions. So, Jared, I definitely do think that you are on the ball with that, Um, moving on from someone that causes some sort of distraction, especially in headlines in New York. um, When you're trying to groom a young quarterback in which you hope is your guy for the future going forward. Um, My concerns about this is just, you know, the experience that he's had. I thought I actually really liked the signing uh, last season. I thought that this was a good, um, a good depth signing for you guys. And, you know, it helps a young quarterback like Daniel Jones. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that this may be a pointing sign that you guys are going to draft offensive in this draft. And I think, I think a Kyle Pitts. I really do think that, that makes sense. Eleven to you guys. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is and I and I know you're probably smiling hearing this, right? Um, I think I think Kyle Pitts is just so talented. He has raw athleticism. He's great at blocking. He has honestly one of the best hands in the draft. Like I he's up there. He could be the best. He has to have the best hands in this draft. If you put on his highlights, if you watch him, this man's insane. Um, so I definitely – he was helping out Kyle Trask, his quarterback. Um, almost gave him a Heisman year, uh, you know. So, you see what tight ends can do in this league. And if you have him, you put him with Slayton, uh, which I, I really do like Slayton. I, I like him a lot. I like Shepard too. Um, you know, and I, I think that – could be The
0: thing home. is, you know, like I'm happy hearing, you know, a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation that Giants are going to draft Pitts. But it makes you question what they're going to do with Ingram. This guy, you know, just came off a of Pro Bowl year technically, even though a lot of Giants players would say that is not a pro baller, So do you like convert him to wideout? Do you, you know, use him as a, do you do a two tight end system or you look to trading Ingram? Like, I don't, what, what would you say? What do you think the Ingram is going to do?
1: I, I don't know, man. I mean, it, I think you just have them compete. I mean, think about it. Ingram, obviously we all know that he probably shouldn't have been in the pro bowl, but he was tip off, hats off to him. Um, but, you know, he could be a mentor for Pitts. Like, like he could come in and be a mentor. He has that experience, right? Like, he's familiar with the offense. And he can mentor and and literally just coach Pitts, and then you guys can move on from him. Because um, I don't see him remaining with Big Blue um, once his uh, rookie contract is up. Uh, I don't think that you guys are going to be uh, – paying that sort of money or giving him that monster contract for a tight end um I, d- I definitely don't see him in the longevity with you guys um but you know it's nice to have options it's nice to have uh people out there for a jones oh, no certainly we know how and we know how your organization is run like you have a premier talent that turns heads at a comp you're gonna take it like look what happened with Saquon. i mean up until jones when you guys shocked the world and took him six overall um you know, But I think – I really do think that Kyle Pitts makes a lot of sense. And if you guys are trying to shift your identity and especially give out an helping hand to Jones, you got to help him. And I think – I definitely do think either O-line or, or receiver, you guys got to go.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely an offensive draft for this uh, first-round pick. The defense overperformed last year, so that was a good sign, and they're young. So hopefully they could keep that going going forward, maybe even get better. So I think the Kyle Pitts move – would be great for you know Daniel Jones third down like a short third down conversion, hand it off to like do a little short pass to him. You even get the long ball too. And we'll have options, you know. Do they double? Do they go to guard pits to guard? You know, double Saquon. It's going to be it's Saquon back. This offense is going to be transformed, even because the, they're running RPO without Saquon. So imagine with Saquon, how much attention that's going to draw. So, and I even I would even you know like them to draft. A wideout, you know, if Devontae Smith drops, there's a possibility he does, just based on his like structure, and you know his lack of like, like you've he seen that like picture of like Devonte Smith just standing on the sideline, looks like a skinny kid, but he's actually this amazing receiver, and it's kind of like the opposite of DK Metcalf. Metcalf was seen as just a strong guy, not a good receiver, that's why he fell, and Devonte Smith, even though he was a Heisman winner, he's not going. I don't think he's either going number two to the Dolphins or he probably is going to keep falling just because these teams are looking for quarterbacks and not necessarily, not necessarily a wide receiver. So the Giants might be the first team on the draft board to take that offensive skill position other than a quarterback.
1: Definitely. Uh, and obviously you guys taking offensive tackle, um, Andrew Thomas, last year, I think that that warrants you guys to go in the direction to help uh, – the receiving end of this squad. Yeah. Um,
0: I hope Thomas, you know, does better this season. Like when you, when you see the year Tristan worst had with the Bucks, you just. I'm a course, back
1: can Of course. Can't forget
0: yeah. Him. Yeah. As a guy Beckton. you just, you know, shed a little tear. So hopefully Andrew Thomas fight, figures it out with another year.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, this is the thing about the giants, right? You guys could have picked any tackle in the room. We all knew you guys were going tackle. You guys could have taken any of them. Um, now I understand why Andrew Thomas, you guys picked him. I mean, that was the safest pick, um, out of Georgia. I actually watched him a lot. I wanted him. I knew that we, the jets weren't going to really be that good last year, honestly, because it all just crashed him. No, no, seriously. Like dude, Jamal's traded. Okay. All right. That we lost our energy, our vocal leader from the Um. locker room bell, same old bell. Darnold, like, all right. Like he doesn't have many weapons. We lose Anderson. So I, I knew we, I really knew that we weren't going to be that good, but I was like already prepping for the drive. Like I, I start hearing even before the season started, like that's just my life as a Jets fan. And I start hearing all these rumors, like who is the best prospect? And Thomas was highly recruited out of high school, highly recruited out of Georgia. So it makes sense. Um, I, I definitely do think that, um, like Gettleman trusts his gut over anyone else in this organization. And I definitely do think that that is going to be his calling point, And that's going to eventually get him out. Uh, I, th- I don't think you'll see him here in the next two years, next year. So I, honestly, if you guys don't, if you guys don't really make, if you guys don't win the division and if you guys like get close and lose out again, or, and you guys don't win the division, you'll be gone. Um, I don't, I don't think, I think you guys could do better. Um, and, I agree. And yeah, no, definitely. And, and this game is a managerial game. It's one, from ownership and i definitely do think that we can do better as as a as a managerial aspect here but i'm trying to tell you is that is thomas will be okay i i've heard rumors that you know that he takes a little time to get used to things and and once the system gets he gets more accustomed to the system he should be better um he was very good in the past game, I'm pretty sure. What was the past game? Yeah, yeah. And then he did he struggle a little bit. Yeah, in, in the in the. I mean, he struggled
0: game. here and there. I mean, they they're this offensive line. You know, did better than the years prior. You know, the last few seasons of Eli, the first year, Daniel Jones, they did better this year. The are, as we said throughout the whole season, way more competitive. So as you said, if Gettleman, if this team doesn't improve to, you know, maybe eight and eight this season next season. Or, like, more competitive, then he might be gone in a year or two.
1: Andrew Thomas, he had 977 offensive snaps and he allowed 10 sacks on the season, which is, that's, we got to do a little bit better than that. Um, and then three penalties. So that, that's pretty good. Three penalties throughout the season. That's yeah, pretty penalty, good. that's pretty good. So he's not really getting yellow flags or anything like that, which is great. He's not um, no
0: Eric Flowers holding. Uh, yeah, and
1: goodbye, Eric Flowers. <laughs> But um, going back to what you said before about how you would like to see also a wide receiver, um, I do agree with you. I, I think Devonta Smith is – I mean, some people still say that Jamar Chase is wide receiver number one. I mean, obviously he took the year off due to COVID. But I don't know, man. I think Some Devonta people are saying uh, Waddle too, and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, yeah. yeah. I mean, Waddle could – I could see him fall to 11. I mean, do you really see three wide receivers taken off the board before 11? I don't. Then? I, I, I really don't
0: because, you know, like I said, a very quarterback-heavy, like, top, like, out of the top 10 teams, I think at least more than half are taking it or at least looking to draft a quarterback. So so see this, this is the draft order. Just to remind the folks at home, first there is the Jags, Trevor Lawrence. Next, the Jets. They're most likely going to draft a quarterback. The Dolphins, this is the first one where it's like, you know, they take a quarter, do they take a wide out, which is the Dolphins? I feel like the Dolphins could seriously take a look at Devontae Smith or a wide receiver because they have two, uh, they drafted one last year, or if they trade for Watson. The Falcons, rumors about a quarterback, Bengals who's looking to protect Joe Burrow, Eagles, they have Jalen Hurts, so they might actually draft a, a wide out before that. And it just goes to the Giants, so I feel like the Giants could, could definitely end up with Pitts, it might be hard to get. Devonte smith though
1: yeah guys if you're getting kyle pitts you guys could win the draft honestly um but yeah, hey i'm, I'm kind of looking at this draft so like th- we're obviously going to drop our mock draft once we get closer uh it's a month away uh, a little over a month away um but i'm hyped up you know I, both of i'm both i'm hyped i'm hyped it's going to be a crazy like it's going to be like suspenseful
0: because oh, it was not like years prior where it's like you know it, some of these teams are deciding if they even want to draft a quarterback or not, like exactly. the Panthers, like the Falcons. Yeah. So, yeah, the I Jets think, even.
1: So. I think this is one of the most unpredictable uh, drafts we've seen just because of solely what you said when it comes down to how these teams truly feel about their quarterbacks. And I think it's all going to come down on draft night. We're going to see on draft night. But Jacksonville, just a little pre-mock. Jacksonville, I'm taking, obviously, Trevor. And then the Jets, we're going to go Zach Wilson. Miami? I honestly think, dude. I think Devonta Smith. I think there at three, yeah, and that's nah. a little bit too early. But you reunite Tua with with his former teammate, someone Devonta he like Smith. trusts and like the chemistry. The
0: chemistry you're just drafting chemistry
1: potential and like star power, basically. Yeah, and dude, Heisman winner. This man, you throw it up, he's gonna bring it down. He's that good. Um, honestly, he's explosive like a Tyree Kill, and I could see Miami trying to get that electricity in their offense. And they may need that. And if they're really trying to – I mean, they, look, they won 10 games last year. They've done very well for themselves. Um, and they just might need a couple more skilled players just to, just to, you know, create some issues. Make Bill Belichick rage when they play him two times a year. Stuff like that. That's what it's all about. You know, the Bills got Stephon Diggs. You know, like teams in that division, if you really want to go far, you have to have someone that's pristine that can confuse the defense with their route running. And, dude, Devonta Smith, he's got it all. A-plus – um, for him, that would be a great pick, a great fit in Miami. And then four, I mean, look, I think they're taking a quarterback. It's kind of hard to move away from from Matty Ice, but let's be honest, is he really their guy anymore?
0: I think they just need some change in Atlanta, to be honest. So they might be in their best interest to trade Matt Ryan. When we get a, like you could honestly trade Matt Ryan for a high second-round pick just because, you know, that MVP Super Bowl season. He's still, you know, slinging the ball. He's still a good fantasy quarterback player, the person the draft. But I don't think he has that ability. He just – I think he just needs to change the scenery, and that could help him a lot.
1: I could see um, Justin Fields going to Atlanta. I really do see that happening. Um, but since he, if they can get Payne Sewell, they'll get Payne Sewell. Um, that's their guy for Joe Burrow. By the way, by the way, now that we're talking about the Bengals, did you see their leaks for their jerseys? Oh, I, I have not. Dude, Trash. Like, absolute garbage, dude. We got to call them the Cincinnati Bears. Same jerseys. Look them up real quick.
0: Bango's new unit. I'm searching out right now.
1: Yeah, it got leaked, apparently. No, I'm telling you, they look horrible. Like, like I'm embarrassed, dude. I-, I used to love their old jerseys, man. Like, come on. Like, why would you change that? Bro, that is literally just the Bears. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> what? Right? That is gross. Cincinnati Bears. Anyways, Philadelphia. I mean, I know they have Zach Ertz, but maybe we could see. Well, them you saw pits. you saw
0: Ertz. They're trying to shop uh, Zach Ertz, so maybe right. they try to get Pits for. I could see. Pits. Oh, if the I, Eagles I were to pits take Pits, I would. Oh, that would be. I would be so tight at the Eagles, especially after the last game of the season, not playing. Uh, hurts Do you have to oh, If the Eagles were to take Pits from us, I would be tight. So yeah, be- that so. It's going to be interesting i can honestly see like a team like let's say the falcons don't draft a quarterback i feel like draft the lions out. might like draft a quarterback like 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 i said before some teams are going to decide before draft night if they're going to draft a quarterback or not and then and let's say a team that they thought was going to draft a quarterback doesn't take a quarterback they might have to jump back in because it's all about their guy and i feel like some of these teams if they will only draft a quarterback if it falls to them they won't try to like be like, well, this other guy's good. Like let's say it's like they wanted Justin Fields, but he gets taken, and like Mac Jones is still sitting there. You're like, well, we could take Mac Jones. I feel like they're just going to be like, nope, move on to who we had next on our board, because a lot of these quarterbacks, other than Trevor Lawrence, are like not risk, but there's not as that much certainty who's the second best quarterback in this draft. Really. Cause, I mean, who's is there a clear number two quarterback in this? Draft? I think
1: at this point in Zach Wilson, I really do, um, and we'll <laughs> I mean, see once the pro days happen. But dude, there's some scouts out there that are saying that they're taking Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. Like, I'm I'm not even joking. I've been doing my research on this. Not even saying that that's true. I'm not even saying that's true. Don't worry, the Jets bias is not clicking in. But um, <laughs> I'm but like seriously, like, let's look back at other drafts. How many of, and I understand that Trevor Lawrence, dude, believe me, I was on the bandwagon for 16 weeks, right, as a Jets fan. Like, I was all in on Trevor Lawrence. I know. I understand how great he is. But if you look back at, at all the other classes, right, is every single projected number one the best quarterback to turn out? Let's look at 2018. Who is the best projected quarterback by virtually all, all analysts? Sam Sam Darnold Darnold. and 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 look, we're trying to move on from him. And who was projected to like fall like to the second round? Lamar Jackson. I mean, like, I mean, if you if you look at the way that it's it's not all about that. I mean, I think Mitchell Trubisky was taken before Pat Mahomes, so yeah, dude, people had people had Nate Peterman before like Pat Mahomes that that draft class. So, like, it's just absolutely like that's just the way it it works. And I, I definitely. Having taking a Trevor Lawrence makes you sleep better at night as a GM, but but you never know. I mean, I, I definitely do think that Zach Wilson is the definitive number two. He does. He never had the talent that a Justin Fields had, or even a Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Zach Wilson never had an ETN behind him. Um, he never had all the plethora of wide receivers that the Mac Jones had and and um, Najee Harris. I mean, look BYU. We've seen some good college uh, – we've seen some good pros come out of there. I mean, Vince uh, – Steve Young, we've seen him. He got a ring with the Niners. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, this is our time. I mean, we're sitting pretty New York Jets. We got the second overall pick. The draft starts at pick number two. And um, and I think that it's going to be interesting. But if you look at Zach Wilson's tape, if you really take a look at him, he has Patrick Mahomes-esque, like, play style to him. And, like, honestly, like – it's almost like baseball. Like, like, he, like him and Mahomes – or let's look at Mahomes. He has like a baseball form when he throws. Like he could rip it wherever Former he – Former college pitcher Mahomes too. Exactly. And I definitely do think that there is that lineage. Look at Russell Wilson. He played in the pros. He dibbled and dabbled in the pros of baseball for a little bit. Think about it. Your form as a baseball player, having to rip it all the way down like, and be precise with it, that, that's definitely something that has scouts drooling. And I know Zach Wilson played baseball, had a baseball in his career. And not only Kyler that Murray, Kyler Murray, exactly. And I definitely do see that. I, you know, I think that we're going to probably stick and take Zach Wilson that too. Um, and I think at this point we do have a, a, um, a definitive too. And I know that there are a lot of things that are scaring scouts about Justin Fields and that's his ability to read and process. And after having a Sam Darnold, someone who was turnover prone and someone that had that same issue, we can't, We can't do that. We can't go down that route once more. Plus, Chesterfield is Ohio State quarterback.
0: It's a very. There's a stigma about those. Do you think it's real? The Ohio State quarterback.
1: I, I no, I don't think it's real. I don't think you should judge a quarterback just for what logos on their on their helmet or what color jersey they're wearing. I mean, like. We, you look at the small, smaller schools and all that. I know the Ohio state's not far from a small school, but there's stigma on small schools too. And you see people go out and do well. I definitely think that Justin Fields actually will have a great career, but th- I think that it matters where he goes. Um, I, I don't think he has the raw talent like a Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson could, will survive better in New York. Um, but if you, if he goes to the right team, I definitely think that he could break that stigma. Um and, look, when have you seen Dwayne Haskins bounce uh, Trevor Lawrence in, in the postseason? Never. So, um, th- no. I think that these two are completely different prospects. I, look, I really like Justin Fields. I think he's great. Um, look, that game against Clemson, he showed – He was
0: a warrior.
1: Yeah, yeah. He showed everyone what he was made of. And, um, no, seriously, like him in the right system – I think him in Atlanta would be a match made in heaven. I really do. Put him with Julio oh my god think about that girly Shoot. yeah yeah girly nah and and he's got that he's got that juice bro he's got something about him he's got he's got swagger to him and um and he's fun mm-hmm. to watch and mm-hmm. look the way that he can maneuver and run in the pocket it's lethal and he does have an arm so look dude do you think that this year's draft class like you like this draft class of quarterbacks what do you think about it
0: i feel like there's a lot of options there's a lot of different quarterbacks there's a lot of there's a lot of like draftable quarterbacks, but I don't know. There might be only one or two franchise quarterbacks looming in this like pool of quarterbacks. You know, the one being Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence, and one other one is either you know Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. It's, it really depends on which system the quarterback is drafted into. Like if Belichick ends up with one of those four, he might be an all-time great. But like if you go, if you get drafted by like the Detroit Lions. For the Panthers, or the Broncos, it might just be an average quarterback. So, like, honestly, I feel like the draft class with Josh Allen, that's a little, a little hindsight bias, knowing what they turned into. But The draft class with Baker, Sam Darnold, and Josh Allen is better. Like, going into, like, before the draft, looked better, too. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I guess, puts this draft class a little higher, just because he is that perfect prospect, and you know, comparing him to John Elway, so um, do you? Would you rank this F class as strong, Brendan? As last year? Well, just in general, like stronger than last year. Do you? I think definitely stronger than last year.
1: But I mean, last year we have so far, we got Burrow, and we got we got Herbert. Tua and Tua. Yeah, so Tua's question mark, uh, Burrow he's he's he legit and he's herbert, legit he didn't get a full season but he's legit and herbert offensive Herbert's rookie legit. of the year so. Not nah, he's legit so i mean i don't know i mean it could be similar because number one you got since he's taken obviously burrow and trevor lawrence is even highly scouted than him much more highly scouted than him so you have trevor lawrence kind of carrying the class but i really do think that when when there's light that's being casted there's an opportunity for a shadow to be to be cast as well so that shadow could be a Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. And we start to overlook people, right? We get so hyped up with these prospects and, you know, everyone's just talking about that one guy. And then all of a sudden someone comes out of nowhere. they de- dude. There's definitely, there's a hidden gem in here and it could be Trey Lance. You never know, but the options are real and it's going to be interesting. And to look, do you think this is random, but you think, um, what do you think Patriots do with 15? Do you think that they think Mac Jones is their guy? Or do you think they start over with a quarterback?
0: I think they'll, I think they'll be able to get a quarterback. Let's see, Jaguars getting a quarterback, Jets getting a quarterback, Falcons getting a quarterback, uh, and I th- Broncos get a quarterback, and the 49ers may get a quarterback. So I they could I end up with the sixth or fifth best quarterback in any order, other than you know Trevor Lawrence. And I feel like the Patriots might have to get him, try to snag him.
1: Yeah, I was talking to my girlfriend who's a uh, Pats fan. It's, dude, I don't, it's crazy, right? Jets fan, Pats fan. But, um, but I, I said to her, we're like, I was like, oh, you guys are probably going to get Mac Jones, which is going to suck. And then she was like, nah, I don't want Mac Jones. Um, he, he's surrounded by too much talent. Um, and he was carried by, you know what I'm saying? So she kind of yeah. looked at it like that. I don't know if Bill looks at him like that. So, uh, interesting take coming from a Pats fan. Um, and from what they have seen, but, like, I'm I heard sure- the last time Tim
0: was on this podcast, my friend, he, he, he was really into Trey Lance. So,
1: yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, we know that, I mean, the first time that we've really seen Belichick kind of dabble with uh, that run pass option was with Cam. Uh, you obviously look at um, Tom Brady and him being in a Pats uniform for 20 years and he's just going to be sitting in the pocket carving you up with his passes, his intelligence. Um, so I don't know. I mean, will they change? Will they go with the way that the league is trending with dual threat or will they stick with their roots? I don't know. I mean, honestly, to answer that question, probably depends on how long bill Belichick is going to remain here because as we all know he's getting up there in age and look starting restarting and re re like architecturally building this designing it engineering this new roster is going to take at least four years um there's no shortcuts around this right now and i'm hearing reports that gilmore is gone this and then edelman is gone likely we'll see but Think about it. They're losing a lot of key pieces. They'll have Chung back. They'll have Hightower back. But those guys are even getting up there in age. So um, losing Gilmore, a top three, top two, at best, top one corner in this league is huge for them. That, that's going to hurt them a lot. So, I mean, the question is, is I think that this offseason, Kraft and Belichick are going to sit down and think, hey, um, how much more gas is in the tank, Belichick? Do you think you could do this? Um, and from there on out, they're going to see whether or not if they're going to go with his viewpoint or if they're going to go with Kraft's, Kraft's viewpoint. But, yeah, it should be interesting. You never know. I could see if Bill Belichick does have enough gas in the tank, I could see him trading back. That would be the smart thing. And then maybe get Kyle Trask, something. I don't know. But, but think about it. This team's 15. We haven't seen them pick uh, in the middle of the pack in like, like literally like 20 years or something. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. They, they're going to have a great opportunity to pick someone that can really ball. Um, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, no, I think the Patriots pick really depends on the Panthers pick because the Panthers, I think, would get that fifth or sixth QB in the draft. So if the Panthers go out and trade for Sam Darnold or they stick to their guns with Teddy Bridgewater, then that will affect how the Patriots draft.
1: Remember, one of those teams in the top ten is going to get Deshaun Watson. So whether if that's Denver, right, out of nowhere – you never know. Um, whether if that's the Jets or if it's Carolina or Washington football team, you never know. They're, they're going to get Deshaun. Um, I definitely don't see Deshaun. He's not staying. There's no way. He, he's not happy there. I don't know, man. The long of this goes, I mean, I know I said a couple weeks ago that the
0: Watson show would most likely happen a week before the draft or on draft night, but – I just there's something in me that's telling me he's going to be a Texan next year. Really? Because it's not like the Texans have to trade him, and Watson's not the type of guy to just you know give up on his team. Like Watson wants to play football, he probably doesn't want his value to go down even more.
1: I don't think Watson gives a gives a damn about his value, and I don't think he cares about this this Texans franchise. Um, I he think doesn't he doesn't care, but out.
0: he cares about his teammates. he probably so if the teammates. He's got no him, teammates left. <laughs> I know it's just tough to pull out this move and the Texans are not going to get what they want because I feel like teams, cause the Texans are in the the teams trying to get Watson are in a better position because they know Watson wants out. So they don't have to put all their chips in unless, you know, it's a bidding war and you know, someone else is like about to put all their chips in. So what you really want to do is the Texans, you know, it hurt the Texans to have the Watson rumors come out. So now that puts more pressure on them to get rid of him, and they might take a less deal than what they could have gotten last season or, like, in the middle, like, right before, like, things just started going more and more downhill. So, I don't know. Where do you think Watson – like, we said a bunch of times, Watson, like, predictions, but has that changed at all for you?
1: Look, the the only way that the Texans win or get any dub out of this trade is if they go with New York. Think about it. The best way to rebuild and to rebound from that Watson loss is to take is to pick second overall, dude. That's so attractive. I don't know if the Jets are going to want to give that up. I really don't because look, we lost two games, we won two games for it, we lost fourteen games for it. That's ours. We deserve that pick. And um, and like I said, dude, there's a lot. There's a huge risk factor. You're trading away your whole future, right? Like you just got Robert Sala in the building, Uh, very highly respected head coach in this league. Um, I mean, a candidate. Soon to be head coach. He is head coach now. We'll see what he does. But very highly respected head coach candidate in this league. And, you know, I think that we're not going to sell the farm. I don't think it's going to happen. But I think that come draft day, the Houston Texans want us to do it. But I think that we've learned from our mistakes. I think that we've been through this too many times. And I think once the scouting process begins, which, you know, has already begun, but once Joe Douglas and his camp are going to be attending pro days, and I think that he's going to start to feel a lot more comfortable with, with these quarterbacks in this draft. And you won't have to worry about the cap space for the next four years uh, under – I mean, obviously, you're going to have a rookie contract, but you're not going to have to break the bank for him. Um, Watson's going to come out a hefty 40 mil a year probably around there um, with the guarantees and incentives. So, depending on how he plays, he's going to make more. Um, but realistically, if this Watson – if this Watson, who's top three, top four player in this league, um, easily top five, but – if he comes to this team, are we going to make the playoffs? Probably not. Um, are we going to are are we going to be a lot better than last year? Yeah. Is he going to win? Yeah. Like, is he going to play good? Is are these games going to be more entertaining? Yeah. But it's about the bigger picture. And um and I'm telling you, my gut with the Jets hasn't changed. Um I think that Zach Wilson's our guy number two. Um We'll see what happens. But I definitely do think that it's going to be a dark horse team. I could definitely see Denver doing uh, trying to get him um, or or Carolina at this point. Um, I think Washington, Sam Darnold, um, and also, dude, a lot of teams want Sam. A lot of teams want Sam. I think that the market's going high. I think at this point, we can maybe even get a late first for him or early second. Um, hopefully, he doesn't end up at the Pats. I know he won't, but either way. Um, but yeah, so even Chicago, Sam Chicago makes sense, but we shall see. Jared, your thoughts? You think that uh, Watson remains a Texan come 2021?
0: Yeah, like I said, I feel like let me give another week or two and then I give a firm answer. But I don't know, man. I just, it's hard to pull off this type of trade because of the money involved, because of all the assets involved. Like, I honestly see the, the best team to go get him is the Dolphins. If I'm the Texans, I want the Dolphins to call me. Any other team who is interested, like, there's a lot the Bears, the Broncos, the football, Washington football team, they don't have the assets that the Dolphins and Jets have. So that's the only reason why I could see this deal not happening is that the Dolphins don't want to do it. They trust Tua. They go get Devontae Smith with their first pick. And the Jets wanted to start fresh with a new quarterback because they know they're not going to win next year and save up those assets.
1: It shall be interesting. I mean, remember when JJ went to Arizona, we're like, where did this come from? I I think the same vibe is going to happen with Watson. I don't, he will be traded before the draft. The Texans would be idiots to not pull the trigger and trade him. This is the time to let go. All right, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. Um, he would have if you kept your players around him, potentially and drafted better. Um, but nope, that ship has sailed. Um, obviously, they say goodbye to JJ. At this point, they are admitting a start over, and th- I think I think Deshaun is the next person to go. And it's just makes the most sense for both parties, and it's the better for the longevity of this franchise, for the safety of this franchise, for the, for their future, and you. Get a lot of positions, get a lot of – you get a whole Kings ransom of picks, uh, which is uh, deservedly so for a top five quarterback, undoubtedly, in this league. Um, I think that that puts them in a great position for the future. Um, So we shall see. It will be interesting. I cannot wait for the draft. We are just over – we're almost a little under – a little shy two months now. Um, And I just can't wait. You know, having the second overall pick, Giants have the 11th overall pick. It's going to be a huge defining time for both of our franchises. We need to hit on this. Um, I can't wait. I'm counting down the days.
0: All right, for the final topic of today, we had shocking news over the All-Star weekend for the NBA. Blake Griffin agrees to buy out from the Pistons. A lot of speculation of who's going to join. A lot of contenders were involved, the Lakers, the Clippers, the 76ers. But ultimately, the Brooklyn Nets snatched him. And honestly, first reaction – was why and that i'm kind of mad at this brendan first reaction
1: yeah i mean this it shows how bad this nets team wants to win and it shows how that's all it really shows um from a managerial standpoint um they just want that chip nets have never won a, a chip um and it's time it's due time for them to get it and um it seems like they're loading they're loading i personally don't like blake griffin that much i i don't i don't think i think he's expired I think his time is done. Still only like um, thirty-one, but you know, it's not the same
0: dunking, like he yeah. was with the Clippers.
1: Yeah, me. I mean, you put him with a KD, a Harden, and Kyrie. Like, look at that team! Oh my like, god, that's
0: that's like, like a custom roster from two K. You know?
1: Yeah, and, and when I say I think he's done, I'm just saying I don't think um I, I think his stock is depreciated, and um watching him on the Pistons it was pretty it was pretty sad. Um, it could be the reason why. I mean, I mean, well, I like, saw
0: I saw this meme on Twitter. It was like. Blake Griffin like pretended not to dunk in order to get out of Detroit. That's what people were saying on Twitter. Like he was, you know, purposely trying to like not like you know dunk and high fly so the Pistons keep him. But uh, that's probably just a bunch of you know cap on the on the social media. But no, this is kind of like not the same. Kevin Durant and Blake Griffin, not the same players. But it's kind of like when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors. Like the Nets are already favored to win. They're already set up with the best offense in NBA, maybe even NBA history with those three. And he he could have joined, you know, the Lakers. He could have joined the Clippers. But he decides to join a team that already was projected to win the whole thing. Like, it's just a weak move. Like, Griffin's, like, he's going ring chasing, clearly. And, you know, that's what he should do as a veteran. But he went ring chasing with a team that was already favored to win without him. So it just doesn't do much to his legacy.
1: Yeah, does this ring, like, what what's more lousy, this ring or KD's ring? KD's ring, you know,
0: it's, he still had the, the first ring was good. You know, Kevin Durant was a baller, so he, like, you know, carried the team. Everyone knew the Warriors were going to win, though. The only way they didn't win was when Durant and Klay Thompson got hurt. So it's basically Curry and Draymond versus, you know, Kawhi Leonard and, and the Raptors. So, basically, it's not like, you know, Kevin Durant – I wouldn't say Kevin Durant's rings are, you know, worthless or fake. It's still a weak move, and there wasn't really other that much competition. But this one is just—it's a mid-season. He could have went anywhere, like he, like a team didn't even have to pay him because he got that veteran veteran minimum salary because the Pistons are already paying for his salary. So, and no, he could have went to any team. and He chose to go to a to this team already because. I mean, I guess I see where you're coming from with the whole, like, is kind Durant's rings valid. But Durant, I think there's something, there's something, like, different about it because he was already on a good team. And he's contributing, like... Yeah, and he's,
1: like, the main contributor.
0: Yeah, Durant was on a good team and left. Blake Griffin isn't on a good team and left. That's the thing.
1: No, for sure. Um, And I definitely, to compare the two, not like, Blake isn't going to... Do what K D did uh back in down in Golden State. But I definitely do think that we were like, dude, like this team was kind of favored to win anyways, and obviously he goes down there to, to just secure it. Um But Blake Griffin, I mean, he was battling injuries and um and he he was averaging what, like twelve points this this season. Yeah, which, to like,
0: twelve points uh, around like 5.2 rebounds, 2.9 assists in 20 games. So I feel like if he just does that on this, this team, he'll be perfectly fine because he's not going to be a scorer for this team. And it'll definitely help the rebounding a lot. And I honestly thought he was going go to go back to the Clippers. You know, Doc Rivers isn't there. Chris Paul isn't there. But he would be welcome as, like, you know, this home star, you know, player coming back to the team to try to be to to the championship. You know, pairing him with Kawhi, Paul George. I feel like that would be a, that would be a crazy team, too. And I just feel like this is unnecessary for the Nets. I mean, of course, you would want to add Blake Griffin. Like, who wouldn't want that potential? And it just pairs him with DeAndre Jordan again. So maybe he gets some of that spark back and, like, that more tenacity at the rim just because he's on, like, this team and more motivated to win. If the Nets do not win the NBA Finals, this would be, like, the worst move in, like, sports franchise team history. Like, imagine trading for James Harden, signing Blake Griffin, and you don't win the chip, like they have to, the pressure went up, I think like 10, 10 times more after this move. Imagine imagine the laughter, the the clowning on social media. Like and imagine the person who beats them would be automatic like a great. Like if LeBron was to beat this team, then it would be hard not to compare him to Jordan. It would be hard not to put him over the edge if LeBron was to beat this team, even with Anthony Davis. So I don't know. It's, just, it's a risky move by the Nets because what if they don't lose? What if they don't win, I mean. What if they don't win? It's a risky move in that sense. But it also helps their chances a lot, but they already had a, a pretty good chance of winning.
1: This Nets team is all in, and it would be an absolute catastrophe if they weren't able to get the job done. You see Brooklyn the, would be a
0: laughing stock.
1: Brooklyn it would be horrible. It, it, would, be, it would be abysmal. Um, you see all the moves that they've done they're vicious. They're the talk of the town all across the league, and um, and they're, look, they're balling, and we will see how it folds. I mean, I still take them. They'll, I think they'll cover. I think they'll they'll win. It. I think they'll win it all. Um, I think ultimately, I think Nets Lakers is what we're gonna see, and it'll be fun to see what, how many wins Braun can get. Maybe he wins two. Um, maybe it'd be it's impressive game five.
0: If, it'd be impressive if he wins any to be honest. It's more of a, I think we'll have to do this later on if it ever happens, but we'll have to compare, like, is this, is this Nets team a better, bigger challenge for LeBron than the Warriors team? Because it would be an interesting discussion to have about that.
1: True that. Thank you guys for listening. It's been episode 15. Uh, it's been my pleasure and Jared's pleasure to host this podcast. Yes, sir. Remember to follow us on Instagram, on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at NY Zone. Comment, like, subscribe on Apple Music and Podcast Anchor and interact with us.
0: Great, great sports talk today, Brendan. Had fun, uh, you know, going up the top of the dome with his drafts, going with uh, speculating, you know, who's going to go where. And that's what's going to be in this offseason, this weird time between MLB hasn't started yet, NBA's, you know, not in the playoffs, like in the near the playoffs yet, and the football offseason, no drafts yet. So we're just, you know, talking sports, a couple of college kids talking sports. And I'm glad you're listening and enjoying it.
1: Run this up. Stay healthy, stay happy, and peace. Peace. Thank you.
0: This has been the NY Fly Zone podcast. We drop every Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Music. Follow us on Instagram at NY